Reggie. I'm Brian. And this is R&B Talks. How y'all doing? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. How you doing, Reg? I'm good, man. I'm, seem, I'm just glad solid. to be here today doing the show because uh, we 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 didn't do one last week because we did two the night before because you were busy. Yeah. So I missed it. I'm having like show recording withdrawals. I had a son who turned 16, dude. It was, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's exciting for him. It's a new kind of thing for him. But it is like when you turn to see, that's like a milestone. Yeah. And, but at the same time as his dad, the thought of my 16 year old son, I mean, he's two years away from starting to make serious decisions, <laughs> which I will have, will, will affect everything. And, one of the things I've enjoyed most in my life is being a father. I know, like, but you'll get you'll get to find out if you did your job right here soon. I mean, well, as as, I hope so. When he's on his own, that's when you really get to because remember, like, and you probably the same way. Like, you, your head's not on straight till you get to like mid, at least mid twenties, if not thirties. Oh, right? mine mine wasn't on straight until I had been married for about eight years. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying, so I mean, you don't yeah. really get you don't really know if you did your job right until like. Let's just be truthful. <laughs> it may not have been on straight into the last eight years. You never know. Oh man! Right? Um, how are you, man? Doing good? Yeah, it's just, it's just really busy, man. I don't I don't normally take two classes at a time at Liberty because of the time that yeah. is required. But but yeah, I had five classes left for for the the apologetics degree, and it was like, um. I I, could, I didn't want to take like one class just randomly, so it was like I bund, bundled up a couple this week, this this eight week period. So it, it's just it's just busy with that stuff, but um, you know, it's work is picked up quite a bit. I'm I'm, it's insane right now too. So that's uh that's probably more <laughs> more than anything, but um. Again, like I said before, changing my perspective about things and like, so my stress level hasn't quite been, I haven't let it get so overwhelming and stuff. So I'm doing okay. You know, good, good. Um, it's been a dental work week for me. <laughs> I have plastic teeth just so everybody knows. Um, I'm getting a bridge and they don't just leave you there. They put plastic teeth in. I feel like some kind of, I feel like I should be getting ready for Halloween with plastic teeth, you know, the, the vampire teeth. But yeah, um, dental work's the worst. But I don't know. I just can't. I, ugh, I just it's just. I, I I don't know. I'd rather break my arm than like get. <laughs> I don't know about breaking my arm. I don't know. But me, there's about two hundred and fifty six different things I'd rather be doing well, than not, getting my jaw hammered on by the dentist. Saying, but even ailments, it's like I, I don't yeah. know. There's like I just de 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 detest. I guess is the right word dental work it's like ah, i just hate well, it well then you know? be, i mean and i was in the chair for like an hour and a half which is <laughs> unpleasant they're in there but uh you know i love my dentist he's a good dude um his staff is good but for me i just don't it's it, for me it's the noise like in, when they're in your mouth it sounds like they're doing road work in your mouth like it's like and then you smell burning teeth and you're like, what is happening? Why is something on fire <laughs> in my mouth? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's moist in there. There shouldn't be fires. There's a lot of friction happening. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what's he? It just, uh, uh, uh. And it's inside your, it's inside your head too. So it's in stereo. Like it's, it's. Oh yeah, your bones epic. are rattling and everything. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you know, it's different though now than when it was when we were kids. That's true. You know, when we were kid. When I, I remember when I was a kid, man, my dentist. 
he just didn't care. You you get gassed up and you just he just go and you'd be like, you know, yeah. the whole it just didn't matter. He they would gas me up, dude. They just started drilling and shaving well, and poking and so I take I need I need more um Novocaine or whatever the yeah. hell they shooting you now. I then I or not now, but I've always needed more. So it's always one of those things where in um they'll, they'll shoot me up and then they'll come back in and go, Is it numb? I'm thinking, well, it feels like it probably is. And they'll go to do the something and I'll be like, Whoa. And then you, you pee just a <laughs> tiny bit. And you're like, wait, whoa. She then the I have a lady nurse or a lady nurse. A lady nurse. <laughs> a lady a lady dentist. Why does your dentist and, have and, nurses? What, I know, dude. What in the hell is going on inside your dentist office, Reggie? <laughs> I, I, so I, I prefer. I do prefer this. This is my favorite dentist I've ever had, though. She's actually. I don't like. I don't feel like, and I really don't want to be a tough guy anyway. But like, I, I really don't feel like I have to hide anything. Like, I'm just. I tell her, like, look, I hate this. And I know you get that a lot, but I'm just telling you, like, for me, like, this is like the worst thing ever. <laughs> so she, and she's funny as hell about it, but it's, this um, is the literal worst thing yeah, ever. I just don't, I don't like it, man. It's just, this is one of the, you know, I, the only other experience I've ever had in a doctor's office, and this is not a joke, man. And I had bruises from this and my wife will testify to this. We went to get a, I, I think it was a, I don't know if it's a tennis shot or something like that. And we were at this clinic and this, Little like five foot one Hispanic girl was giving me the shot. And you know how sometimes they pinch up a little skin. No. She took the plunger in her hand like she was going to put it in my heart. Took a step and stuck that thing in my shoulder like she was playing jarts. (laughs) And it hurt. But at the same time, I was in a state of disbelief. I was like, did you really do that? And my wife looked at me and she was like, did that really happen? And I look over at her and she's like, <laughs> and then her excuse was, you're a big fella. I was like, well, horses are big, but I don't see veterinarians taking a running start. You know, <laughs> I'm like, you're professionals, right? Be professionals. Lawn dart in your arm, man. Uh, dude, man, it was, uh, it was, is the strangest thing I've ever experienced in, in, a, in a doctor's funny. office. Yeah. There's a lot. There's, <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't dig the physical stuff. The like when they do a physical every year, right? It's just yeah. like, why? Why do they need to check? Like it's it's like what they do. I'm like, can't you do that with like other? Like why are you? You're like you know, filling up all. Our- <laughs> why are you squeezing and making me cough? I, but it's not like I'm like. Wouldn't I know? What I always and I asked her this. You know, I would probably know if I had a hernia, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like. Wouldn't that be a, like one of those things where you just you? It's not a question. Like you know, <laughs> I've known several people who've had hernias, and they're extraordinarily painful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so really, are you there? Is this just the medical field's like excuse to rub my balls? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like what the hell? <laughs> I feel like every doctor's visit there has to be a moment that's weird. No, I don't like have just weird, a, just I mean, a just a weird moment, or they'll like ask you a question like. You know, have you ever, like, performed jujitsu with a seal? And you're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, why are you asking me this weird question? And, but they're doctors, so you must assume that they know what they're talking about, right? You know, oh, no, I've never done jujitsu with a seal, but thanks. You know, do I smell? What's going on? I don't know. I don't know, man. My, my, a- my doctor's cool. She's she's a Colombian 
uh, chick. I, I don't. Okay, now let me. In fairness, I say she's. I know she's from like her heritage is from Quebec. I don't. I, you know, she's obviously American, lives here. But um, I, I say that because I want to make sure <laughs> I get that right. You want to qualify things? Well, but so she's she's amazing though because she's straight up with me and I'm straight with her and she understands. I'm like, she'll tell me like, well, you really should do this, this, this. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that or that or that. So. <laughs> <laughs> You really should do these six things. No, no. I, I tell her, I'm like, no, I'm, you know, she knows. It's just yeah. funny. But. It's like uh, my doctor said, you shouldn't lift heavy weights anymore. I was like, why? I'm too old, apparently. No, when you get older, you're supposed to do strength yeah. training. But apparently that's not the prevailing wisdom amongst general practitioners. Yeah, I don't think they got that right, dude. And I'm like, uh, I'm never going to stop doing that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to push as heavy a thing as I can push as often as I can. And you're just going to have to shed it. <laughs> All right. So speaking of health stuff, right? Okay. Lay it on. Here's, me, dude. here's one thing I was thinking about this week. Right? It's like I am way too sedentary. I have too much going on where I'm sitting in, sitting in a chair or whatever, and I'm not I'm not doing anything that much anymore. I mean, it's like I used to get up and I was doing like cutting down trees or yard work or, or some kind of farm work every day. Right. Mm-hmm. But now I'm not doing it. It's like, it's, I'm so busy doing everything else. I don't get it. So I really have to change that up. And uh, I was looking and it's not that I think <clears throat> I have to like start. I, well, okay. I'm not looking to be like that, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman, 40 something year old ripped as hell guy. I'm that's not what I'm looking at. I just need to make sure I'm healthy. Right. Or, or, and not losing muscle mass. So, I was looking at a couple things and cause there's, um, this led me back to, I think I might mentioned this before, but like there's, um, I forgot the name of the company, but they do genetic DNA testing to see what yes. supplements and stuff you, or you need yeah. to fix certain things that are genetically don't, don't do. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, along with that, they have the, it's called the ultimate human experience. I think is what he, they called it. Gary Brecka or Brecka or something like that. Yes. Gary Breckham. I think it is. I don't know. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. It seems legit, but he he's, I mean like, and obviously he's a, I don't know how old it, cause you can't tell. Cause he's like really in shape and, but he speaks really well. He talks about all the certain like enzymes and stuff. He's really bright. seems like, mm-hmm. but you never know these days to, cause it all costs money. That's the thing. Well, I mean, being someone who is in that business, I will tell you the basic wisdom. Uh, eat less, move more. I know. I know that. I'm saying a company like the, uh, with the, like the genetic testing supplement type thing. I'm not quite sure about that. It seems le- le- legit, but there's not a lot of data because <clears throat> it's kind of new. Yeah. Right. So there's that, and it's expensive. It's not cheap, dude. Yeah, they're all expensive. These, these genetic tests that they and they these supplement things are pretty pricey, and it's like, well, and if the reason why I'm kind of looking at it for me first, because I want to, if it screws me up yeah. <laughs> or something, I'd rather me get screwed up than like my my wife or or even my kids, because you can still do it with your kids and stuff, right? To help I, them with stuff. I would recommend before you do anything. Go to a YouTube channel called Renaissance Periodization and listen to a guy named Dr. Mike Isratel. Mike Isratel <clears throat> is about as wise when it comes to what your body needs and how to take care of it as any human alive, and the information is free. Mike Isratel is somebody that I follow 
a lot. Um, I use the Renaissance periodization app. What up? Um, and it functions really well for me. It's been a, a real game changer for me as far as um, getting stronger, getting leaner, and not having to work myself to death, right? Um, I'm not worried about that, man. I mean, like, I've always been that guy who, like, pushes the limit on yeah. stuff. But. But, 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 he do, but what he gives you is just common sense. And he has a whole section of the YouTube channel, which is making fun of celebrity workouts, which is hilarious, by the way. But if you get into the meat of his of what he is on YouTube and you listen to him, he's actually super brilliant. He's a professor of exercise science, and he is a absolute madman genius kind of guy. Dig that, it. I have to check it out. I know that, like, and I do. I knew I was reading on like folic acid, right? Mm -hmm. Because of what they they treat all this. So the like the enriched stuff mm -hmm. you buy. He's got all this and you you if you're lacking some marker that you won't you can't process that correctly and that leads to other problems and like ADHD is not deficit, it's overload and that you have like um there's certain there is actually there's a genetic component that if you take some kind of vitamins specific vitamin stuff, it'll help you <laughs> all this all this all this crap, right? All reasonable. So it's like just, you know, you wonder. Well, the number one advice I give most people is <clears throat> get your gut biology tested and straight. Right. right you because you can't, can't process some stuff. Well, a lot of times it's not necessarily that you can't process it. It's that your gut biology is so far off that it's impeding you processing it. And right. once you yes, get I'm your in, gut yeah. biome straightened out, you need to make sure that the simple ways for nutrient into intake are working, which is through food. But a lot of times with, with a jacked up gut biology, you, you don't even get that. So that would be the first thing I would say is work on getting your, you know, get into a good probiotic. You know, I take a uh, 2 billion pre and probiotic a day, which is not, sounds like a lot, but it's just some little chewables. Well, I know I mean, it helps straighten out your stomach. And then once you get that done and you start to uh, L pooping, regularly and everything starts working and the system starts undulating and doing all the things it's supposed to but do. See, whenever I've done that though, I never, it never did anything, but you got to do it for like 60 straight days. Well, I know like, I'm saying I, I'd go through the, I'd go through like a big bottle, yeah. you know, yeah. and like it didn't do, it doesn't do anything, you know, like for me anyway, I don't, I don't feel any different. There's no difference. Yeah, But in, you're pretty close. I mean, you're not exact, but you're pretty close knowing what you eat. You're pretty close to a carnivore style diet, right? Like you eat yeah, a lot of meat. Uh, it's you lot, don't yeah. eat a ton of veg. You know, you don't eat a lot of carbs. No, if any, I try, um, I, I try to stay that way. So you, you're pretty close to carnivore. I, I would dare say, Reggie, if you got into some kind of semi-regular like workout routine, you would lose pretty quickly. I, well, I know my, uh, I got that daggone rowing machine, dude, the water roar. It's beautiful. Yeah. I love the thing. The only problem I had with it uh -huh. was the, the, the seating position. Like though, if my, my feet are out here and like, I have trouble with it. Um, it's like the feet are, go out like this. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And it's a like, lot of them I need don't to, have an adjustable. Yeah, I need to range. sit higher. Yeah. So I got a pad and I put it on there and that helped a little bit. But even that, I still need to like, I need to figure out a way to, because it was really uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. I thought that's, this is not good like, when I was doing it. And by the way, Reggie's rower, 
looks like something from the modern art museum it does it's it crazy does. it's kind of well it, it was look so it's it's oak so that was killer right but yeah. but the thing i had to do was i did not want a rowing machine that it someone would sit on the damn thing and it creak yes and like Make you know nine thousand kinds of noises yeah yeah and then or or and it would just like break in a couple years or whatever i mean yeah. it's like this thing is solid you know it's not it's a beast yeah and i'm a big guy i gotta have something like that you know yeah. Yeah. but anyway i digress we have to we have to mention carl weathers Dude, Apollo Creed is dead. I know, man. And and not only, not only that, I mean, like, think about Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of my like all time favorite movies of of all time. And that that one that scene where he grabs a hold of Arnold's like in the beginning and, they, a, and they do that, and it's and it's that 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 is just one of the most coolest dude action scenes ever. And it's not even it's just like need, need I mention Happy Gilmore? Yeah, well, dude. Dude, I mean, come on. Chubbs, man. Dude, he was great in that movie. I know. He was hilarious. It was awesome. Um, and not some things that people didn't know about Carl Weathers. He was a very, very talented singer and musician as well. I actually did know that. He's a very talented yeah. singer and musician, which was very admirable. He was a very multi-talented guy. And I, I really, really liked pretty much everything he was in. And he played, you know, I know this is kind of... But he played the perfect foil for Rocky in the first two movies. Like, it would not. Rocky 1 and 2 would have been no good without Apollo Creed. I don't think so. I think it would have been different for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, Apollo was had all the attitude and the, you know. And then for him to come back in, you know, Rocky 3 and train Rocky. And then, and then come in 4 and want to make a comeback. And then he was killed by Ivan Drago. And then Rocky like carries a tree up a hill in the snow <laughs> and beats him up in the memory of Carl Weathers. And I, dude, I, I, I will be honest with you. That was kind of a shocker to me because he was a healthy, strong guy. And I still don't know exactly what he passed away from. I don't know either. I mean, who knows anymore these days with all the kind of cancers and whatever that goes yeah. on. Cause who knows? But they I mean, said that they said he passed away peacefully in his sleep. So I'm wondering if he might've caught like an aneurysm or, yeah, you don't. Maybe don't he had know. a heart attack, and yeah, very large percentage of heart attacks happen while you're sleeping. Yeah, so yeah, you don't know, man. But yeah, it was just, it was one of those. It's one of my like you know those action heroes you grew like guys or or whatever that have been in the movies and yep. stuff that you watched all the time, and you just like you know that's really sucks. Yep. Now he taught. Uh, he was uh, Sylvester Stallone talked about him in the, that Netflix special of his. The, yeah, the slide yeah. or whatever. Um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was that's yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it's just a. You know, I find that more and more, I mean, musicians, actors, um, just all of the influential piece people from my youthful part of my generation are just passing away rapidly, right? It's that age, man. I mean, you know, that's yeah. where we're at in our life, dude. We're, we're, we're getting to that stage where we're like moving into the... Well, I feel like know. we're in that, you know, I told, I was having this conversation the other day. I can't remember with who I was having it, but I remember very vividly having the conversation of feeling like I'm stuck in between. I'm stuck in between the youth and heading towards the older age, right? Or the golden era, bro. Or the golden era, right? Yeah. And and I'm watching the younger generation 
kind of come into their own and I'm watching the older generation fade out. And that's, I don't, I don't actually know how to feel about that, man. Like it's interesting, you know, it's a very different place to be in your life. Right. Well, it's kind of like it, that's relatable to when, uh, when my dad passed away. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. it's like, then you realize like, Oh, I am now the patriarch. You know, I'm the oldest man in the family, you know? Yeah. Like that's that's a different that was a different thing. Yeah. It's like that's a heavy responsibility. I'm the the oldest brother of of the family now of this of his branch, right? And it was like, ooh, (laughs) that's a little heavy. You know, there's that. You know, that's that's different. Um now we still have my, my wife's dad's still around, so there's like it, I, I, when he goes, I'll, I'll be really feeling the. Which, the, by the way, cool, cool guy, like super cool guy. Yeah, like George. Like he's George so cool. Yeah. Like I like he's like that. You know, he instantly made me feel like the favorite uncle thing, right? Like this is the coolest dude, right? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. Kudos to him. We are so alike, dude. <laughs> it's funny we are so like a lot of like and and my wife my wife laughs about it all the time and 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 grieves, grieves about it actually <laughs> grieves about it <laughs> well they say that women marry men like their father well apparently it took her took her too like a long time to come around to that though yeah. so <laughs> I don't, i'm nothing like my wife's dad so i'm not really sure what she was thinking well you know and my wife's dad what a brilliant smart yeah i like your wife's dad kind he's good like Good people just a he's that person that you want to emulate right like he's he's always there to help he's always willing to lend a hand he's always he's he's hyper intelligent like and and even in the in his 70s just thirsts for knowledge man like he wants to know things he wants to learn things and i'm sort of starting to kind of feel that part of myself come alive where i'm i'm in that like i've told you before i'm in this discovery stage of reading and you know, looking at how to make my life become bigger and better and faster, right? So, but that's also biological. You think like, so? I think so. We 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 as men go through stages of how we like how we grow. Okay. And and I think some at one point, and I forgot where I read this, but it was like in your in when, once you get to adulthood, you start off as a warrior, what they called it, where like you're focused on your physical fitness and like you know how your prowess and all that kind of stuff that's really where you're you're only focused at right and then you get to a stage where then that that leans into the um more cerebral activity and a sage uh sage stage or something i don't know i forget what the name of this but anyway it, it talked about that and i resonated a lot with um with those stages of your life that you go through where you focus your stuff on right i mean it seemed it seemed logical to me anyway it, and we're we're very much a reflection of that, I would say, both of me and you, for that yeah. matter. Speaking of stages, we are at the stage of the podcast where we should allow our sponsor to have some space. We should. Sponsor? Go get it. We all learned a thing or two about viruses over the last few years. Are we talking just computer viruses or? Yeah. But have you thought about protecting your computer against the latest threats? At EMTCC, they've learned how to fight off viruses faster than Marvel can put out another superhero movie. Woo! Don't know where to start? They can help you develop a plan and implement strategies for that situation. Reggie, did you know they are set up with all the latest and greatest technology? 
to help prevent cybercrime? I did not, but now I do. Absolutely. Visit www.emtcc.net to set up an appointment or give us a call at 1-888-551-2770. Mention RNB Talks and receive 10% off your initial appointment. Remote and on-site options are available. And we're back. We are back. All right, Reggie. I have something that came up for me this week. Let's and go. It, it kind of was in my head, and I'm very, very interested to know what your opinion on it is. Um, you know, I've noticed this kind of weird dynamic between larger churches, immediate or moderate-sized churches, and small churches. Um. And I don't know if it's just me noticing it or if it's actually a thing, but I noticed that smaller churches, and this is not a thing, when when they preach a sermon series or something like that, they go from a very lesson-based, like, we're going to do this series, we're going to get this thing, and we're going to put it together, and we're going to make this, and we're going to cover this, and we're going to have the nice cover photo and all things. And then when you go to moderate churches, they tend to do the same, but they tend to freewheel a little bit more, right? Like, they tend to get a little more creative. And I find that the larger churches, although they will follow a sermon series, they are much more unscripted in their delivery so to speak a little bit and i don't know if that's that that that's a, just a difference in preaching style or is that really actually a, a a programming thing right and i i was talking to several people this week and you know one went to a big church and one went to a, a more moderately sized church and you know we were talking about that and i just realized that there's this, there's this, and I don't know if that's because of a limitation in availability of resources or what that is. Okay. But. I th- I don't have that same experience though. I would say I have the opposite. Um, the, the, the middle of the road kind of churches in, in size when I've gone to those services or whatever, that has been more free and not restricted with time or as much. Yeah. Now I know when I was playing at a mega church in the worship team and all that kind of stuff, everything was scripted like timed period. Like it was very much a production every service. Even the sermon. Yeah. Hmm. Sermons timed. It's got, he, he, they're going to, they do that. Sir. Like uh, they did the sermon live at the, at the main campus three or four times the weekend. And streamed it out of there to here, but it was still the same same message those all those times. So he had to be almost scripted for that stuff okay. to make it all be the same, right? So when you get you, I think you get to a certain point, and then it does become like a whole production where it is very much detailed out and planned. Do you think that that perception might come from the size of the of the audience and and the way that the audience is perceiving the information maybe you know because it if you go to like a bigger church okay so there's two there's a couple things to this really um 
the bigger churches are going to have your 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 preachers that have are likely more not I I'm, I dare not say talented. That's not what I mean, but they're like the more educated, more dynamic, more. I mean, they're they're speaking ability there because they're. I mean, it's like any other career field. Your the way you can present your information if it's accurate and you're presenting it in a helpful way and you're and you're um you know you're charismatic with the way you're you're you know you speak you're going to go to one of these bigger churches that allow you the the resources and stuff to do everything you can do right so you (laughs) so when you're at that level those people are usually writing books they're usually very public figures they're usually you know it's it's hard to even get to them that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. so that that's going to come with some come with that kind of characteristics okay your smaller churches though are usually like people that are just like in the community that you know yeah whatever you know for sure so so it doesn't come with the same not not all the time doesn't come with the same like education or speaking ability or, or whatever the case may be now you find some small churches that are fantastic don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not saying that i mean hell even in encounter when we were there i mean michael was great um with how he could deliver the mm-hmm. information he was very much that way but um but middle and middle churches are kind of a mix of all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of things you know well and and you know a lot of it too is I hate to I hate to be this guy, but do do we play to our audience, right? Like do we you know, if you feel that you have a certain type of congregation, are you crafting the information directed at that congregation, right? Well, I say it's your duty to do so. That's your sheep. You're you're the shepherd. But should you my question, should should you be challenging with your delivery and with with the information that you're delivering and and what your expectations are of the use of that that information when right when you say challenging what do you mean well you know i mean i've been in churches where it's a great sermon but me personally i'm looking for tools to use that i can take out into the world that are going to help me engage more Right. And a lot of sermons are very, they're, they're very boxed in and they don't do Uh, a lot of challenging, you know, which is, I mean, I've said this before. I think some of the best things that we can hear inside of a church is, is testimony. And I believe that small, medium and large churches ignore that so much and they lose so much because they do, because, because, you can Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter. Those are all books that I've read and I'm pretty familiar with. And and I appreciate a good sermon that'll give me a different look at a book that I'm pretty familiar with, right? But if I go into a church and I hear someone's story, um, someone's, you know, start tribulation. And then finding their way to God and also hearing how they're even currently facing challenges. And, and, and to me, that's powerful. That's God actually moving, right? Like I, that's, that's a way for me to see God moving in people's day to day lives. Yeah. Um, I get you. So 
I don't know. I just, I feel, you know, I don't know what to feel, honestly, because this conversation was very kind of off the cuff. It didn't come. There wasn't the intention of the gathering of people that I was in, but it was just a very kind of eye-opening kind of look at how people see different. We're very lucky where I go to church because our pastor is, he's a very funny guy. So it's, there's a lot of humor that's mixed in with a lot of like deep meaning and things like that. And I do get a lot out of his sermons and I really enjoy them, but I just had heard these people talking and I was like, I'd never looked at it that way. Right. Well, okay. I guess my perspective should come from like, if you said, Hey Reggie, here's a church. You're now going to preach at every, every Sunday. How would I, how would I do that? Um, I think that's uh, to, to help answer that question. It'd be like a mixture of, topics and situations and whether I'm uh have accountability items for the congregation or whether I have like action items to do or or if it's just information that I'm delivering I think there's going to be a mix of things that happen and uh, or that gets presented to the congregation okay right cuz cuz you know there's the the reality is that most most of your church body isn't going to be the people that open up their Bible at all. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and, and then you'll have some people who think they know everything about the Bible, but know very little bit about it. You'll know, you'll have some people in there like, like, uh, like me or you who are, are serious about our faith and we keep, we try to keep up with it. Yeah. You know, um, um, but, but in general, that's, that's, you know, your congregation is going to be usually that that kind of way old and hopefully hopefully it's a mix of young and middle younger and older. you know yeah. all that kind of stuff right you'll you, you have a mix of things right yeah so but a lot of church bodies aren't like that they have like all old people there's a few young people there's all families there's very few singles people or there's like you know there's you have churches like that too so so as the as you're as you're the pastor or the, the preacher or whatever you want to, you, your position might be called, you, you are going to have to look to your congregation and who you're presenting to and, and make that purposeful. You may arm some, you may give like a, 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 well, for instance, you may, you may have a testimony on one week to show, to, to really bring in some reality of um, how, how, how God's working and all that kind of stuff. But there's other times you may go through a, a book of the Bible, a very um, with with a very uh, defined goal of just understanding the Scripture more. Yeah, you know, very true. So, so I mean, I I, I think you, you're going to have a mix of, of stuff if you're actually preaching um, to us to a smaller congregation and kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what I would say for you though, for me, and what I've had to do is I I have to keep in mind even and. Um, Oh, God, I can't remember the, um, I can't remember the passage where, where it was at, but it, but Paul's, Paul's telling one of, in one of his letters that he always remind your brethren of the gospel always mm-hmm. because, and we need that. We need to be reminded of it often because it's like one of those things we, we tend to just stray here or there with our mindsets, but we always need to be reminded of the gospel. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm with you though here and like, okay, look, I've already, I've already read, you know, the new Testament front to back, like, you know, I don't know how many times, but I don't have it memorized. So no, 
and so I'm not saying, and, and, and let me be clear. I'm not saying at all that those are not important things. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to a sermon about uh, take Mark, for instance, I've listened to a sermon uh, and really gotten a fresh perspective on something. Sure. And I appreciate that. Sure. Um, and I think that's a very, uh, very God given talent that ministers have is to provide fresh perspectives on, you know, the core gospels and things like that. I think that's very important, but you know, I wonder, I wonder, do you think the dynamic has changed for what the church needs to deliver in the sense of, you know, cause if you look at everything that's going on, let's look at counterculture, right? Let's look at, you know, transgenderism, homosexuality, all those things. I believe that one of the reasons why their their messages really bam hit home a lot of times amongst the, those people, not amongst us, but amongst those people is there are strong stories of survival that they bring out that people can can resonate with, right? Oh, that's that's a powerful story. And I think a lot of times they'll they'll bring out a powerful story and in hopes that the story will be so powerful that you will forget the subject matter with which the story originates from. Right. Mm. So it makes me wonder if, if we as a church body, as a, as the ministers, do they need to be bringing out, do they need to be fighting fire with fire? Right. Because I, I feel like, you know, I, some of the most impressive things that I've heard in the church is when I sit down and hear someone's personal story, they're, they're hell, they're high water, right? They're, they're where they've had to go, the depths they've been in and the heights they've been to and, and how they've come to the point where they're at right now. That's a very powerful thing in my mind. And I feel like it's a very underutilized tool. We all know the story of David, right? We all know the story of Abraham. We all know the story of Samson. We all know, but, but, those are set in historical times and in a lot of ways people can't relate, right? Like I get the story of Samson. I get the story of David. I get the story of Abraham. I get the story of, uh, yeah. you know, but do I get the story of my neighbor who's in love with Christ and wants to work so hard and give, you know, without measure that is a, to me is a connecting story within your community. Right. Well, and I would say too that I mean, not that I wouldn't. I would say, that, yeah, it's it's very much a powerful thing to have. In it again, mixed in with your preaching and stuff. You know, I I want there needs to be more of the sharing going on though in our community. I think that's part of also where we're at post pandemic type of nonsense, right? Where we're not getting together as much as we were. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. We are still, still in this. We are still in the state of paralysis from the pandemic. That is just it's you know? it's just. I, I'm gonna say, and this is honestly how I feel. I feel like it's nonsense. I feel like at this point it's over, right? Let's move on and let's get on with life. And I feel like there, and I and I don't know. I never had an irrational fear of COVID. I never felt a need to hide or you know lock myself away or and and I was never afraid of it. Um. So to me, it's very irrational. And I know people that have COVID or, and have had COVID and they've done fine. Right. And I know people who struggled with it, but for me, 
dude, we, we have to live, right? You can't shut everything down, man. Yeah. You can't do it. We've, the we've world proven, keeps moving. Well, we've proven that shutting everything down had an even more profoundly negative effect, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, but, but I, I think we're too busy and I'm, I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. We're too busy. We're not, we're not free and we're, we're not allowing a, we're not allowing ourselves in our, in our lives enough time to be thoughtful, to be introspective, to like, to reach out and have these like, you know, Deep coffees and, 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 and times with other, you know, families and people and stuff. We're, we're not doing it, dude. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of that just as much as anybody else. I mean, it's just, I, and I look at, and I have hell. I was just talking to, to my wife the other day about how, how can we, you know, make that different, you know? And, but I tell you this, even when we've tried, it's like everybody's the same way. They're like, well, we're waffle busy with, and it's always, always a bunch of stuff. We don't ever get, even when we've tried, um, and it's just the same thing. We just, you, you get rejected, you know? And, and even if they want to, they just say, well, we can't, we got this much, you know, it doesn't work. Well, I think that's part of the fallen priority, right? Like, I think that, I think that somewhere along the way, we as people lost lost the line between what is an actual priority and what is a want as opposed to a need, right? Like that's been like I feel like our 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 society is just infected with that, man. Oh, Everything, I do. you know, it's it's so it's such a broken philosophy, right? That we need to oh my god, this all I have all actually you don't have to do all these things. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say, you know, my spirituality is more important than going to the bake sale. You know, my, my spirituality is more important than, you know, these things are okay to say no to, right? It's not the end of the world if you don't, but it can definitely affect your current worldview if you do, right? Like if you, if you bind into these things that are going to keep you, you know, yeah. tied to it. I, I personally do not find. You know, and, and and I'm just as guilty of it as time. So I'm not trying to judge anybody or, or put anybody on under a spotlight. But, you know, what I'm learning as of late and what I've really tried to talk to people about, you know, and there's some people that in my life that have, you know, I've seen some really impressive moves in just saying, you know what? No, I can't do that. I got to do this. Right. This is more important. And I feel like we've just forgotten that that's OK. Right. I, I, I did start saying no more to things. Um, and, and even when it comes to like the girls activities and stuff, we're, we're, we're very conscious of like, no, um, we need to have nights where there's not that going on or whatever. Um, and I tell you, as soon as my schooling is done, then it's not going to get replaced with something else. Well, I mean, for me, I would love to find. You just need a full one, like one job, dude. I know for real. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I would like to find a, you know, a married couples Bible study, right? Where, where, you know, we study things that are, you know, about relationships, a marriage relationship with Christ, right? I think that, you know, I, I think there's lots of groups and stuff out there that are cool, but, you know, I think like my wife and I are in a stage of life where we're we're really, I don't want to say struggling because we're not struggling, but we're really looking for where should we be 
at this stage. Well, right? you need a group. This is this is what's what's wrong. People this and this is one of the things that is is very much needed is those just just discussion groups that get together in person. Yeah, and you just you just bring up topics and and you know you're just conversing and having a conversation and you you don't want those to be large you want those to be small yeah but but you're you know the the weekly tea at this or whatever or 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 uh coffee coffee at at this this at this time every week you know that's that's stuff that's missing in a lot of a lot of the communities dude especially ours like we don't and we live in a small community it's not like there's yeah i mean i'm you know I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to 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 change there if if it's possible. <laughs> but one thing I would like to do, and here's what what I'm thinking. Even because we have a, a a bunch of people around here and stuff, I I kind of want when the spring comes around, I want to host a, a a just a community barbecue. I'll I'll provide all the Dagon food and stuff. They just everybody, I want all the whole Dagon community to come to you know my house and we'll just hang out. Um. And, and just everybody have a meal together and everything else because we're all I'll neighbors. Come, I'll come to your community barbecue and yeah. I don't live in your community. And I know you would, but but I'm just saying, like it's it's one of those things where you know we need to have more. You know, it should be one of those things where there's so there's like enough of them where you have to like not go to some of. Them. Well, I remember back when I was a kid. You know, about once a month, everybody one house in my neighborhood would host an event, and the whole just the whole neighborhood would go. And everybody would bring a dish and we'd all hang out and, you know, the, the kids would play together and the adults would do their thing. And man, that was a, that was a really fun and effective way to, to, to have a tight community. Right. And, um, again, I think we're still in this fearful I know territory, right? But I, I I'm not fearful. So, and I know there's a lot of people out there that's not, and yeah. the only thing holding it back is that someone's not organizing it. Yeah. The same thing with the marriage thing. I mean, we, I tried. I ho- I did a Bible study for a lot of, a long time, um, but people just slowly came for you know a couple things and then it just dissipated. <laughs> well, maybe you and I should organize something. Like yeah. I think that would be cool. We should look at us. Look at us organizing community events, making impacts in lives. That's look right. at us. That's right. right. Okay, here's okay. something. Lay it on me. I I know I talked about. F- cussing foul language um couple i don't know if it was last episode episode before i kind of reevaluated that dude to be honest okay um lay it on me i still i still stand by the statement that your your if whatever four letter or whatever letter word you use isn't necessarily sinful but is that is that the is that the most effective communication way that you can think of? Right? I would I would argue that most most foul, harshly foul language that I hear usually comes from a, a position of anger or frustration. So or ignorance or ignorance. So no, this is what I mean. If you think about if you think about this. Do I think that because do do I think that Jesus, when he was preaching and teaching and going around with his disciples, do I think he ever used a in that culture, a some kind of foul language? No, that doesn't seem like you don't. There's nothing written about that. 
Yeah. We know, you know, we know that some of his disciples did. Yeah. But Jesus himself does it it just doesn't ring true that he would do that. He was No, that's absolutely true. You know what I'm saying? So if we're trying to emulate Christ, that's what we should be trying to emulate. I'm not saying that you're going to like that that's a, a um that that if you if you drop an f bomb here or there that you, you know that's oh cringe or whatever but a i thought about i've heard some christian people and in, including myself who've used foul language right mm-hmm. in 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 something like that and it, in some of these episodes as a matter of fact well I, I, not yeah. terribly harsh, but no, but but uh, okay. some expletives. Yeah, but, me too. By the way, but like, uh, I did it too, so it's not. I'm not judging me. No, no, no. I, I, it is what it is, man. But yeah. but but what I'm saying is like it, it deters from the message or or your point or whatever you're trying to say. It seems to detract from it more than it adds to it. Yes, I would agree that it seems to be a distraction at times. And I'm not saying there's not a place for sometimes using some kind of language here or there, but you, you know, it's not just your I guess I'm go, where I'm going with this. It's not just your intention. It's are you trying to mimic Christ in your communication? Or are you being undisciplined and allowing words that would lessen your content right that's where i'm at i think i think okay. I'm, I'm more towards like really and, and not that i do so, so let me let me clarify this i I don't walk around i am not an f-bomb thrower guy no you're not that's not my thing i, I really don't i detest i don't like it it just it sounds harsh it's just it, to me it's just something like that but when i get angry i've done that right mm-hmm. y- you know and um when when um i do say shit and damn too much i think but i i question those particular words cuz they kind of mean poop and it's not really you know but do i want my daughters walking around saying that well no well why don't i want my daughters around see this is where this is where my thought process went it's like well if i don't want them saying it then why am i you know why am I saying it? It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it kind of, now also think using words instead of those that like, if you say, dang, well, you're, you're doing the same thing. It's really just, you're just changing a couple letters. It really, it's the same, right? Fair enough. You really, should, I mean, you know, so it goes for me, it goes beyond And, and okay. Let me, let me rope this back to this. The criteria that Jesus put forth for the like perfect living is so high it goes beyond that you know what i'm saying like in, in i get it any little thing you do is just a you know it's like that little thing off the side of that you know it's what like i'm saying a little jerk of the wheel right like it's not you're you're not you know it's it, it's I not like you. i'm saying you're going to burn it you know that, that's that's hellfire kind of shit no like right there. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. <laughs> um, it's not like that, but it's just like you're, you're not as effective of a com- communicator when you're, when you're, when you're using words that could be perceived as when you are using poo expletives, poo, poo expletives. expletives. So yeah. anyway, I guess that's where I wanted to clarify that from a previous, cause I, I have been thinking about that a lot. Cause I do. And I thought, you know, cause I think about a lot of things of, 
I, I am very I have to. I have to be introspective a lot because I know how far <laughs> how far I am from the the if our ultimate goal is Christ. Holy cow, am I far from that? And and everybody is, but I'm saying if we're really trying to be that way and we're serious yeah. about it, we should be asking these questions to ourselves all the time. And this is one of them I was I've been pondering. I talked to my wife about it a little bit and I was like, Hey, this is what I've been thinking, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's the, that's the, that's the hopeful point, right? It's like, I need, I need to, I'm speaking for myself that I, I feel like I should be a more effective communicator and I'm going to be able to do that better. If, if I alleviate some words from my, you know, four score and seven years ago, <laughs> look, if I sounded, <laughs> if I sound too smart, I'm, I'm okay with that. Right? Uh, dude, intelligence is not a bad thing. No. And dude, I mean, I just got to look at these books, dude. Like that's, you know, and I've been reading a lot lately, like a lot. I just got done with Jordan Peterson's 12 more rules for life. Like I got, <laughs> I, I, I've been reading the oddest books, man. I've been reading some nonfiction, like, and some fiction. Um, Just been trying to do a little more of, of all that. And honestly, um, I don't really feel like there's a lot of that in what I'm reading. Like, I feel like. I feel like there was like an era for cursing, right? There was this era where it was the thing, right? And I feel like I do too much of it, especially when I get frustrated and angry and I'm fully aware of it. Um, but I kind of feel like it's, it's kind of going away a little bit. Like it's, it's starting to fade to the, to the, to the dark, right? That's what I mean. Like, and I think also it gives us, it gives us another opportunity to practice discipline. Very much so. You know, yes. James in James it talks about how your your tongue is like the rudder of a ship, and where your tongue goes, your body will follow. And I always always thought of that, but but we, we have to understand that the qual the the criteria for what is good is so high, yeah. you know, and it's like we'll never achieve what that is. But the more we take make choices to go not that way the the worse off you are right i mean so so i really truly thinking thinking i'm 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 trying to change how i communicate and 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 that's going to be it i mean you know it, that's a that's a tough thing to do if you've been speaking a certain way your vernacular is a certain way from whatever you've been doing speaking of books though my latest the latest textbook i have for my one apologetics class this period man it's it's hard for me to read it's one of those like it, hard for you to read as in like makes you sad or is it hard for a read that it's, no. it's just way out there it, as far it, as the it, level of language? It, and, the, well, the level of language is high, which which I like that part, because then I'm like, if I have to look up a word anymore, I'm like, ooh, new word. Right. Yeah. But it's like because it's it, it's so specific and like he he um it's Keener is his name. Um, he he's like here okay here's an example there was a whole chapter on like how you would classify the gospels like biology uh, memoirs or and all these different things and he goes way into it with what a roman biography would be what in this time period what that would be what a memoir in 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 jewish uh um, like uh, Josephus would be qualified as, and all this stuff. Like it go, it, it's it's all this stuff about this classifying the God, which I think is silly anyway. To have that, like, I don't really care, <laughs> really. But but it's part of once you get to a certain level of 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 
I guess, theological education, it becomes really, really in depth of, and goes beyond like way beyond where no one's going to think about. (laughs) So, but, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's a lot of big words that, that are. um, So it becomes advanced trigonometry. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, like, like (laughs) now this is a word that gets thrown around theological terms all the time. Eschatological. Yes. Like why? Why that big of a word? You know what I mean? That's just it, that 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 seems to me like and, and hermeneutics. Yeah, hermeneutics. That's that's a that's a Vadi Bakum favorite. Hermeneutics. Like, Hermeneutical. You, yeah. I mean, but I, I get it because it, it's it's got a yeah. specific meaning. But like, maybe you should tell them what hermeneutics means. It really just means the study of the of the language. And the, Dig it. All right. <laughs> but. See, but keep it simple, man. I, I know, but like, why the study of the language of the Bible instead of saying her- hermeneutic, where, where most laymen are going to be like, "What's that mean? What do you say, Herman? Who? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody named Herman. Those, I don't remember seeing nobody named Herman in the Bible. What the hell? You know? Anyway, yeah, very, the, fair, fair enough. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's the, the so just, just speaking of that, I guess. But yeah. Um. We got to talk about the border, maybe, in Texas. Oh, dude, what a tragic. All right, look. All right, so I want to be very clear as to how I say this so that there's no, <laughs> I don't want good. any venomous backlash because I'm considered to be I anti. Do. Let's get some, let's get some back. Let's get some venomous backlash. Look, if you want to come into this country and you want to come in legally and you want to become a citizen and you're willing to go through the measures to become that person. Awesome. Welcome to America. You did great. Good on you. Yeah. If you're here illegally, if it's been a day or 65 years, you broke the law. And that's why we have laws. That's why we have borders. That's why we, if you don't have borders, what do we have? Right? Like, you know, I heard the argument, well, they're just invisible lines that separate land masses. No, they're not. It is the actual territorial limit of the country with which you live in with an enforceable law stating clearly what it takes to become a citizen of that new territory. And unfortunately, we have just gone just criminally insane in letting people in mass just come across. Okay. Well, I don't, I have a little, I, I just think it's weird. Um, the whole situation I just think is. And how so? We're all, most of us are immigrants mm-hmm. or we were it. And, and in a point in time, our families came over somehow into this country Mm -hmm. and we've had that the way to get into this country has changed so much over the last hundred years, 200 years, whatever you want to say Mm -hmm. a lot. And it's a, it's too complicated to do that. It's silly. It should not be that complicated. If you're, if you're whatever you are, you, you, 
you don't have a criminal record in the country you live in or whatever. You're not associated with the terrorist group that we can find out, which I don't, I don't even understand how we couldn't find that out now with the way technology is that, that come on now. Um, which that should be a fairly quick and easy process. Well, you know? and that's been my argument. You know, I had this discussion before. My argument is not let's open the borders. My argument is if you want to make, if you want to make it easier for people to come into the country, then instead of, taking all that money that we pay attorneys to go to court for people that aren't going to show up because if they do they're going to get deported which by the way is tens of millions of dollars a year why don't you take that money lobby in washington and get the system revamped so that it is easier to come across what, for people. What I don't understand, though, and what I, I should say, I don't. It's not that I don't understand it. I just think it's it's heinous. Is when the federal government comes in and tells the state that they can't do something with their their own stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would assume you're talking about Texas. Texas. Yeah. And, and especially when it's that the the particular like uh, Abbott, right? Yeah. Um. um he he was trying to keep because there's people dying that, that that's a particular that, that stretch of fence that they were trying to tear down was like it's a really treacherous crossing mm -hmm. like people in mass die trying to get through that point because there's not a fence there yeah <laughs> um and it's that that's i mean so there's that and i, I and i'll say this i i know a couple of people who live in that in Texas, who live close to there, and they to they've told me, and this is how I, I verified, like, yeah, it's like people drown in that Rio Grande part right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like all the time. It's it's non. It's like it's silly. It's a really stupid where where to cross, but they're doing it because of the the it's you know the way that was. But but I guess I'm just I'm just really it it. There's a there's reasons for this. Don't get me wrong. I understand why the administration is saying to do this, but let me let me step this back though. the The reason why I think the immigration stuff is a problem now is because you have so many like gang uh, affiliations, so yes. many like uh, uh, groups of things that are bringing across fentanyl, fentanyl amphetamine, all, all kinds of stuff. That's really what I'm now. Look, I, I I'm kind of anti-drug war <laughs> as it is, but when you have, when you have people that are lacing things with fentanyl, mm -hmm. you know, giving kids some candy with some fentanyl in it and all that kind of crap. Yeah. I have a big problem with it. And I, I'd rather you remove that completely. Well, I have no problem saying that, that, <laughs> Because of the drug problem, because of the deaths, because of the the problems that are coming from the drugs, at this point, we really do need to be a zero tolerance crossing until we solve this problem. Well, yeah, because that's where they're coming in from. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got you got all these things. You want to talk about just just any number of things. The, there's because there's people coming in through that border, and I've seen these interviews with with people coming through the border there's been some journalists who actually gone there and said hey where are you from and all that stuff they're from all kinds of there's they're not from mexico el salvador um there have been from africa africa there have from, been from, uh, uh, uh middle eastern migrants coming through the border yeah i mean it's um, just that's what i don't look there's a reason to be a little more restrictive of that particular thing 
Well, and here's another thing, too. And this is just something just kind of a side note. Um, If I was the president of Mexico. And I wanted to keep good relations with essentially a country that has financed and bankrolled me most of my existence. And And America has given. Billions and billions, billions and yeah. billions, probably trillions, and billions of dollars. Yeah, I'd say probably trillions of dollars have gone to the Mexican government. I would have to ask this question: Why does everybody want to escape this country? Why are all of my citizens? Why are all of my natural-born citizens <laughs> trying to get out? What is going on within my country that makes them not be proud of where they're from? Makes them not desire to be there? And makes them run for the border and to get out. And, and for me, you know, it, you know, and don't get me wrong. And I'll, I'm going to make a pretty strong statement. I think our current administration is hot garbage. Um, I still don't want to leave America. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I get tired of hearing all these people say America is this and this and this. It's not. People are still trying to get here for a reason. I well, mean, I mean, not it's just like that, these, all these celebrities get out. If you want to leave, go. Yeah, you, you, the, the, you're allowed. You got money. Yeah. You can leave. You know. But but I mean, I I don't know. I just look at it. Just, this is insane. It's just insane. Um, but it's for it's for reasons. I mean, and this is if you're if you're an intellectual at all, you can find you can figure this out. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't mean no good to say anything here because no one believes it until they go look for it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. So for me, I'm just like this is this is silly thing, it shouldn't be happening, it shouldn't be a problem. This is it should be well understood by those who really give a damn. You should you should understand, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd, we'd bring that up, but it's 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 pretty stupid. I know I know ranchers in um in Texas who's uh, livelihood's been impacted tremendously by uh, cattle being um, uh, stolen or 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 butchered or uh, barns being raised, um, all kinds of things down there. I mean, from from illegal immigrants coming right. across. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's not it's not like it doesn't impact people in a real way. Hell, there was a rancher; his whole family got killed by. Uh, people they came across the border and they just psh. the current immigrant that was in New York that assaulted cops. Um, he proudly trounced himself right out the jail, claimed not to speak English whilst <sighs> flying hand gestures and hey, you know, being a moron. Man. You know, uh, okay, I got one for you. Yep. All right. So this has been some, it's been some heightened discussion within my home about this. Um, do you think? And I and let me be clear, I think Iran killing U.S. soldiers is an act of war. Period. <laughs> okay. Do you think that this is step one in a larger scale war that will occur? You know, there's been a lot, but I think there's been a lot of these little incidents over the years. Okay, and it hasn't escalated to that fact yet. Mm-hmm. Do I think it eventually will come to a head somewhere? Yeah. Um, do I think we even. I don't think we should even be in the Middle East. I'm just saying it. I think. I, get out. We're well, done. Biblically, 
that the country will 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 be at war until the second coming. Yeah, I so, mean we're you know, so yeah, I mean I don't I don't know I don't know if it's like the the precursor to a a, the, a, <clears throat> a larger military campaign or not. I don't know, but but I would say these things happen a lot. I mean it's like it, it's really silly, and we spend. <laughs> billions of dollars trying to in the doing all this stuff and it's and it's silly but yeah if you i mean a i don't know all the story um and it's it's i think it's because you have to look at the media as such and I, I just don't i don't trust any of it so i don't know here's where i'm at and and i am a big supporter of our military and first responders yeah you took an you took it upon yourself to attack a U.S. military installation and take the lives of U.S. soldiers. I don't I don't I don't, I don't, I don't care what your reasons are. No, it really doesn't. You, you've stepped over yeah. a line now, where we are going to have to contact people's families and say, "I'm sorry that your husband, wife, brother, sister, father, mother chose to." defend and protect our country um they, they're dead because lunatics let me say it lunatics decided to drone strike i think it was i'm pretty sure um and kill people and i think it's shameful on our part that we have not literally sanctioned and just opened up the door on Iran and been like, dude, you, you can't do this. You know, the thing and, and, and the fact that we are, we have such a weak position <laughs> yeah, that we would allow that to happen is shameful. But I think that's the current administration too. Yeah. Okay. Ronald Reagan would have never, he didn't No. George Bush. He didn't. didn't. I don't even think Trump didn't. Trump didn't. Yeah. No. When Bush, you're when Bush you're Junior didn't. When you're when you're when your leadership is weak, your 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 world standing is impacted. Yeah. And you're you're you know, and that's really where we're at. And I, look, there's no there's no bones about it. Any anybody who thinks I mean, look, at this point, anybody but Biden. Anybody. But Biden, you know, I can't go along with that. I, 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 I know there's say, some other. I can takes. say no Biden, but I, we need. I know we need, but what I, all I'm saying is that, like, even if I was on the left, like the left side of the of the political yeah. spectrum, I couldn't look at the way he is and how he's acted, how he's presented himself, how everything else, and said. Yes, that's who we want. And no, it'd be it'd be any if I was on the left, anybody but that guy. He has totally let this whole he's by far the worst president we've had in this in this in like in a century. I, I would say he, he he's he's way over Carter at this point. Yeah, at this you know point, what I'm saying. I mean, like so you know. so what? The, look, yes, if someone attacks our house, our military, that's our house. Mm -hmm. You defend it. And you deter it. You know, that's that's plain and simple. I'm not saying you 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 need to start a war, but you definitely need to. There's a there's an immediate response 
that, that should come along with it. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm I'm with that. You asked if it was like the first thing for war. So I don't know, but yeah, we should have we should have already done. T- yeah. <laughs> Instead, we've look at look at after nine eleven. Okay, look at all the generals and stuff we had in place at that time. Who, I mean, look at the decisive actions we took. Mm-hmm. Regardless of they oh, look, I'm not going to get in a rabbit hole of like the WMDs and all that nonsense. I mean, no, no, but I'm just saying when when we took action, it was like very much clear and it was mm-hmm. very much overwhelming. Everyone knew, yeah, we don't, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, bad move. That's not going to end well for you, right? Now, <laughs> I don't, I don't think our administration can do anything about it. I really don't. I don't. Mm-mm. I'll be honest that I don't think our current administration values valor at all. I don't even think they know what it means, man. You know, I don't think, I think they're, they've been so busy saying mistruths and dishonest things. I don't even think they know where they've started and where they began and where they've ended. And it's a, right. It's like, I think they're so, this this is an election year, man. They are so on tippy toes and everything else, trying to trying to do everything they can. That's really where they're focused. So there's nothing else that matters except for that. So yep. anything that might have any remotely negative reaction, I mean, it's just it's just silly. It, it, your leadership is not okay if that's what is your primary. And here's the thing. Here's the thing for Biden. If you act. Or would have acted with decisiveness and retaliated decisively and drew that line in the sand and said, you will not. How much more would you be respected? Here's a, I know. And and even if they said, look, we can't tell you what we did. Yeah. But we did something and they know. Yeah, because I'm telling you, like the the um, SF people I know personally mm-hmm. um, are capable of doing some things that we would you can't understand. And I don't really want to know. You know what yeah. I mean? And Certain I'm fine. Things I don't need information. for. No, no. Like I, I'm fine with those type of people yeah. taking an action. The whole country doesn't know anything about it, but there's an action that's taken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and this look. We uh, were were uh, press conference. Hey, look, American people, we're um, here to tell you we took some action against the Iranian. Blah blah blah. Can't go into the details. Just know that um, it is taken care of. If your leadership was strong enough, you could do something like that, and it would be respected, and you would know that something happened. Yeah. And any you know, other reporter would ask, "Well, what did you do?" I can't tell you that, and I'm not going to disclose that or whatever. Just know that Iran knows now. Not to. <laughs> But anyway, that's you can't you can't do stuff like that with an administration who is so weak in the knees that they they, they it's just yeah I'm appalled I'll I'll be honest I'm appalled and I think it's utter just well in your words hot garbage hot garbage <laughs> I'm gonna get a t-shirt this is hot garbage garbage Brian Reggie Reginald. That concludes this episode. Of it does. Now that like, everybody knows. Comment, hate, love, argue, <laughs> spit venom, whatever you want to do. Hey. Like we're here, man. We're here for it. Um, 
But whatever you do, click that follow button. Subscribe. Subscribe. And you'll get more of this fantastical content. Peace, love, joy. Later. Talks. See you. Bye.